Today's Parsha podcast is sponsored in honor of the yard site of our friend, Dr. Gary Friedlander's father, Meyer Friedlander, loving husband, father, grandfather, brother. May his memory be a blessing. Friends, we need to keep learning Torah. Our hearts are with Israel after this terrible, terrible terrorist attacks from Hamas and so many hostages taken and so many people called up to war. Our heart is with our Jewish sisters and brothers. But let's keep learning Torah together. Now, Sefer Bereshit, Parshat Noach, on redeeming the sparks of the good. At this point, we all know the story of Noah, but it still seems kind of outrageous, right? God, in the story of Noah, sees the world as almost entirely irredeemable and decides that nothing less than the destruction of the world is needed. God decides to destroy what there is and start again from the ruins. By chapter 9, we see that this is not a pattern that God intends to repeat. God tells Noah, I will maintain my covenant with you. Never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of a flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. Still, this story makes those of us paying attention to the injustices of the world ask the question, aren't there human systems and institutions that we're best off entirely destroying so we can start over with moral clarity? Today, we witness debates over prison reform versus prison abolition, as well as our ways of rectifying racial discrimination and the problem of refugees being unhoused. Can we simply build on top of the layers that already exist, or must we build new systems anew? In Judaism, we have the concept of takanat tashavim. In the simplest reading of the Torah, if you steal something, you have to return the very item you stole. But the rabbi saw a problem with this. Are people going to do teshuva if the bar is so high? The rabbis of the Talmud give the example that somebody steals a beam and they use that beam in a house. Returning that exact beam would require dismantling the house so the thief might avoid making restitution altogether. So the rabbis say that to make tshuva and repair more more realistically, one can simply return the value of the beam rather than the the specific one. The Talmud explains, and Rabbi Yochanan ben Gujida further testified about a stolen beam that was already built into a large building, a birah that the victim of the robbery receives only the value of the beam, but not the beam itself, due to an ordinance instituted for the penitent. By Torah law, a robber is obligated to return any stolen item in his possession, provided that its form has not been altered. If one stole a beam and incorporated it into a building, then by Torah law, he would have to destroy the building and return the beam. In order to encourage repentance, the sages were lenient and allowed a robber to return the value of the beam. Might it be a reasonable punishment, though, to make the offender take their house apart? Probably. But what about a case in which somebody buys a stolen beam unknowingly? The rabbis understood that more important than the pure ethical demands was bringing healing and restitution. That's what we should work toward as well. If we were to demand a strict sense of justice, the kind we see when God destroys the world, We would think that things ought to be repaired fully. But the Torah shows us that in a human-run society, we need mercy in order to realize justice. 
It is better to find ways to solve problems than to seek that that people are fully punished for their crimes. So when we look back at historic and systemic cases of oppression, is it best to scrap our existing methods of organizing the world entirely? And this is an urgent question to answer, as there are people who need help right now. Just as God was disappointed with humanity, we are disappointed with our society today, and we sometimes feel it's broken. Just as God says, never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth, so too should we not destroy rather than build up again. This is not to say that there are never cases in which we ought to tear down in order to build back up, to dismantle in order to recapture the point of good intentions that has been trapped and concealed by time and by human failure. The danger is the failure to realize that everything about the world has the potential to be redeemed to serve the purpose of the good. Even in Parshat Noach, God did not completely nuke the entire world. God chose Noach, a point of righteousness, and chose to make all of us descendants of him. In fact, the Parsha begins not with an indictment of humanity, but with an affirmation of Noach's righteousness. We read, this is the line of Noah. Noah was a righteous man. He was blameless in his age. Noah walked with God. Noah begot three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Rashi notices that these are an odd two verses. You're about to hear about the descendants of Noah, but there's an abrupt interruption in which you hear about how righteous Noah was. Relying on Genesis Rabbah, Rashi concludes, Scripture thereby teaches you that the real progeny of righteous people are their good deeds. Using this idea that we can create offspring without good deeds, the Baal Shem Tov taught, Embrace the trait of zeal very much. Rise with zeal and alacrity from your sleep with the realization that you have been created anew and have become a new man, capable of producing offspring. Thus you are likened to the attribute of the Holy One be blessed, who has given birth to worlds. Thus everything you do should be with zeal and enthusiasm because Hashem can be served in everything. By saying we should not dismiss and destroy the entire world, I'm not saying, God forbid, that we have permission to let injustice carry on without our intervention. On the contrary, it's precisely that fact that justice can be pursued in all things, just as God recognized Noah's righteousness within the wicked generation, that we recognize our obligation to do everything we can to pick up the broken bits of justice wherever we can find them. More often than not, they're concealed within our flawed world and failing systems. So too, teshuva for individuals is also not about destroying our past selves, but rather giving birth to new ways of being on top of or alongside our old ways of being. Instead of killing or repressing the flawed people we used to be, we hold on to them, maintain awareness of them, and bring out the best parts of the past selves while learning from our past mistakes. Today, we're not capable of flooding out everything unjust about the world, and we're probably not serving ourselves well when we try to do that. Instead, our role is to bring people into the ark, let the difficult processes of change play out, and relentlessly pursue justice in the ever-evolving world we've inherited. Shabbat shalom and praying for peace.